Fantasy Football Nation. As always, you're here with your co-hosts, Caden Moore and Scotty Stroud. Yeah, NFC East. This is one of my favorite conferences here in the NFL this year. They're quite interesting. I hope we can uh, do some breakdowns that are going to give you guys some insights into this 2020 football season. Um, this is Scotty Stroud, and hopefully I can help you guys achieve greatness. Yeah, as Scotty already mentioned, we're diving back into the NFC East here. We still have Tristan from Draft Deluxe. Um, if you want to know what the song was before the start of the pod, it was Short Change Hero by The Heavy in the album The House the Bird Built. That's from 2009. And as always, go support the artist. If you want to know what uh, songs we've been playing, what's been in previous pasts, we have started playlists on both Apple Music and on Spotify. Go find us at FF Nation. Our Twitter is Fantasy Football Nation. Our handle is at FF Nation 100. We do giveaways at all times, and we are always interacting with fans. Don't be afraid to shoot us a comment or slide in those DMs. Let's get it. We're coming into the NFC East. We're starting off. <laughs> New York. All right, we're starting off with the Eagles. The Eagles have the 17th easiest schedule. Their opponents combine for a win ratio of .477. Ew. So the Eagles could have a good time to do this mild rebuild that they're doing to elongate the field. What does that mean for Miles Sanders? Go. It's like you ask for Miles Sanders. Um there's definitely a community out there that thinks he's the next Christian McCaffrey. Um, I've got <laughs> running back 12 right now. They Woo! seem like somebody in that backfield, but Are they haven't done 12, it yet. Until though? they do it, I'm going to leave him at 12. Um, you think that's high or low? That's oh. with, I think even if they bring in a veteran, RB12 is pushing the lower end of that bubble. It could be. Um, it's well, just, just good. So after Howard went down, Jordan Howard went down last year, um, from weeks um, nine through 17, he outscored Alvin Kamara, Aaron Jones, Joe Mixon, Nick Chubb. He was the running back eight between that period. And if you would have, if you would have took his stats from week nine through 17 and averaged them out through 16 games, he would have finished the season as RB seven as a rookie. So, and they didn't add anybody to the backfield. They're still just Boston Scott and, um, oh, what's his name? Corey Clement. I think I got his name right. Yeah, yeah. So I don't think there's much competition there. I mean, um, and he he had he led the team in 20 plus yard receptions last year. He had the most 20 plus yard receptions. So I think he's going to be a pretty pivotal piece of that offense. But uh, but again, he is he's going pretty early in drafts. Um, it's hard to pull on him that early, but it, he really could be worth it because I I don't think. I don't think Doug Peterson's going to let Boston Scott or, or Clement take any many of those touches, so I'm buying on him this year. Uh, so the reason Miles Sanders has such an upside is because of his receiving and those 20-plus yard receptions. And 
who else was once thrown to the mailman like <laughs> they were left with yep. nothing just apple absolute sewage out at wide receiver and i think that mm-hmm. boosted miles sanders into this top four running back that everyone sees or wants or already assumes is but i think that he's a top 10 rb with his upside i don't think he's a top four three two one yeah he's going a little bit too high for me just a little bit too high the hype kind of followed him a little hard um so he's gonna have to drop a little bit for me to take him where he's at um but i still would like to have him on my team so um, just some weird stats to drop on you, and they'll make you th- you know, double-check your Miles Sanders. Do you know that he had more rushing yards in his rookie season than Darren Sproles had in six seasons with the Eagles? <laughs> That's crazy. 818 <laughs> versus 685. Yeah, hey, that's wild. Miles Sanders had more 20-plus yard downfield receivings than Austin Eckler's he totaled 165 yards. Austin Eckler, 126. Mm-hmm. I see where he's coming from. He accounted for like four eighty, like four eighths of the team's 40 plus yard plays. Um, but I think that that's inside a vacuum. I don't think yeah. that's with what this team's going to be running this next year. They have actual options at wide receiver. Green. They look like they're going to expand the field and that they're transitioning into maybe some more versatile plays i bet you that jalen hurts even takes some runs from miles sanders uh yeah maybe like 10 or 15 (laughs) i'm just i'm I'm, just uh, saying i'm not i'm not sure he's gonna like take a chunk out of that out of the carries but um there's there's a couple scott's tots here at the eagles if uh you guys want to wrap up sanders i'm down to wrap up sanders yeah i don't have anything to add all right well, uh, Carson Wentz, my guy. Scott's taught. Scott's taught. Carson Wentz, what was his stats last year? 4,000 yards, close to 30 touches, 30 touchdowns. Um, he did that without one wide receiver having more than 500 yards. What? <laughs> um, and then just look at it this way. I mean, anytime you have Carson Wentz on your team and he's healthy, you're a happy kid. Camper. And especially you're, where you're getting him in these drafts. Um, he's going right now as QB 11. Like, there's a lot of upside there for, for quarterback 11. You have, so look look at his, look at their offense too. This is what's so cool about the Eagles is they got, is uh, Deshaun Jackson, still at his age, showed that he's one of the, one of the best downfield threats the game's ever seen. Not saying he's one of the best wide receivers, just saying Desha- Deshaun Jackson's all about busting off big plays. Is that where you want um, to start this wide receiver crew? No, 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 just hold on. And then he's got, you know, across from him, we got Alshon Jeffrey, who's, when healthy, he is one of the best go-up-and-get-the-ball possession receivers in the league. So now they have Jalen Rager, who is going to cut up the field on all these sh- on the short plays. It's just snap the ball, get the ball to Rager, watch him rip around the field. And then you go to his tight ends. He has Zach Ertz, who is a phenomenal tight end in the NFL. And then Dallas Goder is rising a lot of people's boards right now. Um, and then. Of course, Miles Sanders, who's also a great receiving back. I'm just saying Carson Wentz has a lot of weapons this year. And on top of that, he has one of the best coaches in the NFL. Doug Peterson knows how to win games with his team in complete shambles. He's showed it time and time again. He won a Super Bowl with a backup quarterback. 
Um, he helped Carson Wentz have the season he had last year, which I believe he finished around QB nine, QB ten, with no weapons. So give him all these weapons, give him these healthy weapons. Hopefully, Wentz can stay healthy. And where you can pick him up in drafts, I think he's a great value in fantasy this year. What do you have him ranked, Tristan? I have Wentz. Let me double check because I'm going to say this and be wrong. Um, I have Wentz as my quarterback seven. So okay. I think that means we're on the same page. Um, yeah. I like Wentz quite a bit. I've got him right outside of the um, the Kylers, the Deshaun Watsons, those guys. I have him in that next tier right there. So I like Wentz quite a bit this year too. They obviously added tons of weapons. You mentioned bringing in Rager. They brought in Marquise Goodwin, who doesn't have necessarily fantasy value, but he helps the team be better. Elongates oh, you're right. Holy shit, I almost forgot about Marquise Goodwin. Damn. <laughs> So I see Wentz, but it weirdly enough feels like that kind of year where he's on the bubble. Maybe that's just because of the Jalen Hurt signing. Maybe that's because of the injuries. Um, but for some reason, I have this weird feeling around a prove-it year for Wentz. I don't know why. Yep. No, it, it, it's exactly what it is. That is, this year, it's if he can. But again, if he's healthy, like this is a team that could win a Super Bowl this year if all the stars align for them. You know, obviously, every year most teams are like that, but specifically for the Eagles, just because of their coaching staff, their the depth that they have with their, we- their weapons, their defense is still uh, decent. Yeah. So I lo- especially where you get him in drafts, that's the big part of of getting him is you're not paying a huge price for him, and you could be getting huge upside out of him. So Absolutely. that's the value I'm looking for in drafts. I get you, especially since they're doing a mild rebuild. He even still has that dynasty value. Yeah, and then it doesn't hurt. I mean, it's it's hard even drafting Jalen Hurts in in uh, redraft leagues. But if you do draft Carson Wentz, it is not a bad idea with one of those last picks. If you're not drafting Greg Olson or <laughs> um, to to go out and get Jalen Hurts, just because he could have some production in the offense if worse comes to worse. So I got you. So who thinks that Jalen Rager earns wide receiver one this year? Yeah. I don't think he is wide receiver on the team, but I think he finishes as wide receiver one in points. I was not prepared to answer this. I can tell you <laughs> I'll, I'll ask one more question in between. So do you have him as over or under 700 yards? Talking about Rager still? Yes. I have him under. I have him right around 600. Um, Scotty? I think he definitely has a role in this offense. So. Um, I was asking you, do you, is he going to be playing the slot on that offense? I think he plays all over. He tears up all three levels of the field. But okay. does he have over 700 receiving yards? What do you feel? Yes. That's where his betting line is. So the, that's, that's, where the, that's where the up in the air is, is, is if he has 700 yards or not. So if you don't mind me butting in, I think he is right now the best wide receiver on that team because he's the biggest playmaker right now. Uh, Alshon Jeffrey and Deshaun Jackson are obviously the two – better wide receivers, but health and age is going against them. And Jalen Rager is young. Uh, he's healthy. He is a fucking explosive playmaker and he's going really late in drafts. And and that's why I was asking you guys, if you think he's playing the slot, obviously this offseason's kind of weird. So we don't have any answers like that yet. Um, but if he does play the slot, uh, Carson Wentz ranked second in the NFL last year in uh, passes to the slot position with, 143 completions to slot wide receivers. So even if Jalen Rager got half of those completions out of the slot, he's still going to get, you know, that's 70 receptions right there. 
um, just from the slot. And I do see him moving all around the field. I'm like, I think they're going to scheme like crazy around him. He's going to be running the ball. He's, he might, we might even see him pass the football. I have no idea what this dude's going to do. He's going to be on special teams. Um, but I think he's going to be the biggest playmaker there. So no, I definitely have him over 700 yards. Okay. I see Jalen Rager like earning wide receiver one only because Marquise Goodwin has proven it. He has, he's not wide receiver one. He had some good years with the bills. Not many with San Francisco, I think Alshon, Jeffrey, and Deshaun Jackson are done. Like, they combined... Done, done. That, not like done, done, but fantasy relevancy, pretty yes. close. They yeah. combined for 30 yeah. missed games in the last three seasons. You add yeah. their ages together, it's three times Jalen Raker's age. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, you can't make this stuff up. Alshon Jeffrey finished wide receiver 50-plus in 2017 and 19. His best finish in the last four years is wide receiver 14 in 2018. Yeah, you don't have to convince me on the Alshon front. Yeah, no, I'm not I'm not drafting him. Um, I think Rager is actually going to be the first Eagles receiver off the board, too. Marquise Goodwin, yeah. like any fantasy re- like relevancy yeah. there, he's going to be wide receiver, no. too, I hope. I would project alshon jeffrey maybe can eclipse i don't know i'm really excited about jalen rager i was excited about him before he even landed with the eagles um i I was high on this dude just the fact that all they got to do that's what i'm saying they got to snap the ball and just get the ball to Jalen just as fast as they can get it to jalen rager because that's where he works he works with the ball in his hands he's not gonna he's not that receiver that's gonna you know post up run down the field burn you catch this big ass pass which he probably will but his forte is just Getting the ball in his hands, cutting up, you know, those short plays, making yards out of that. Um, so I think that he'll get a lot of work out of there. Um, but that's all I got on on Rager. Yeah, so my he does talks. see the field like a running back. And to catch the ball 12, 15 yards downfield and to make extra additional yards is to say fucking something, you know? Yeah. So he had 1,000 yards and nine scores before a horrible quarterback play. So I can assume mm-hmm. with Carson Wentz that you could see something similar. He's going to, like, with good quarterback play, he finds and tears up zones, and maybe that's where he shines. Um, All right. Between Zach Ertz and Dallas Goddard, who do you have? I'm just going to jump in real quick and just say Zach Ertz is my, I'll call him my Darth Fader on the Eagles. I, I, I have him fading, mainly because of his ADP. I have Goddard over him. Same, because of their ADP. Uh, Ertz is still going as that powerhouse tight end. They're in the third round. He's going ahead of players like Allen Robinson, Jonathan Taylor, A.J. Brown, Melvin Gordon. Hell no. Nah. No, nah, I, I ain't picking him over those guys. Like yeah, he, would... So he had last year he had 900 yards, six touchdowns. That's a pretty good season, but Godert had one less touchdown than that on 30 less receptions. So, what do you hey, guys yeah, I wouldn't be drafting Ertz in that position either, but I do have him as my tight end five, I believe. So, really? Um, I still like Ertz. It's just I'm yeah, not going to pay in that mid range of tight ends that I don't pay for. So, yeah, um, yeah I'm yeah. with you. I, I'm probably not going to get him for his ADP unless he can somehow fall below all of those guys that you named. Yeah. Alan Robinson, I would absolutely take him over Ertz. Yeah, like, absolutely. Yeah. No question. Yeah, so Ertz, like, let's put the last three years down. 2017, tight end four. 2018, tight end eight. 2019, tight end 22. 
Dallas yeah. Goddard finished 2019 as tight end 21 on 30 less receptions. Yeah, His that's own what I'm counterpart about. on the same team beat him out with 30 less receptions. I just think Dallas Goddard is the better, I don't know, meat for the price, you know, pound yeah. for <laughs> Exactly, you know, you're getting 199 a pound on him versus you know the 256 exactly. a pound on Hertz. So, and that's a really weird way to put it, but it's correct because fantasy football is all about value, and the, with the value you're going to get out of Go Dirt drafting him where he is, it's going to be twice the amount of value you're going to get out of drafting Hertz where he's going. So, yeah, Go Dirt over Hertz all day or day. Hertz ADP is 40th. Dallas Goddard is 137th. 100 picks away from each other. Yeah, down for that. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, Zach Ertz is my Scott, not a.k.a. my Darth Vader. Oh, I, I will. hashtag Luke, is... I am your faller. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> so, All done. If so. this, so let's wrap up the Eagles, but I'm going to say if this is Zach Ertz kind of fading, like I'll miss highlight Zach Ertz. Nothing like 528 career catches. 8,500 yards and 55 touchdowns. That'll be a first, like a first Hall of Fame ballot. So, yep. And if you can get him in the fifth, sixth round, if he falls, like by all means, holy crap, that's a huge steal. But mm-hmm. that's okay. that's the latest I'll take him, or least I mean, any other notes, Tristan? Nope, I think I'm good there. Okay. So, we're going to move on next to the Dallas Cowboys. 16 <sighs> easiest schedule. Kind of where I want to get because I have a mild hot take that everyone keeps jumping on my back. We'll oh, work to oh, what's what is it? Yeah, yeah go for it. No, just hype us like hype oh, us up like that. It's Send okay. It. It's Dak for MVP. Maybe if he plays, he'll have, I, think, I agree. If he'll play, I think the peppers <laughs> just are they gonna be good enough? <laughs> I think he had forty two hundred yeah. yards last year. He's gonna have more this year. Last year they were fifth in the fifth teams for rushing and passing. I just see it being the year that he goes off, especially since Mike McCarthy supports the pass and the mm-hmm. quarterback. Mm-hmm. I, I see Dak having everything it takes to make the year that he should have. If he doesn't, don't pay the man. <laughs> I, I agree with you. I I'm totally if. Dak wins MVP. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna be surprised. Like he's a hell of a quarterback. He showed last year he was he was elite. He's one of the elite quarterbacks. Um, yeah. Now he has CD Lamb. Uh, they lost Jason Garrett, which is also an improvement to that team. Um, and yeah, and I think their run game is gonna improve too. On top of that, um, just because it sounds like they're gonna actually incorporate Tony Pollard, which I think you know they're. Yeah, in a little Tony bit. Pollard I think he could get a hundred weird touches. spot for me, man. He is. I don't know how I feel I about Tony Pollard. I don't know. In Dynasty, for some reason, I have him so high because if he's on another team, he's a starting okay. running back in redraft. Yeah. I don't want to touch him because he's well, not going to see his good share. Oh, God. Unless you guys are moving on from Dak and on to Zeke and Pollard, I suggest we continue on Dak. If anybody's got anything. What but... do you have Dak statted and ranked, Tristan? I've got him as my quarterback six. I know that off the top of my head because I have him one slot ahead of uh, Wentz, but he's in that elite tier. Um, I've got him just behind Russell Wilson. I've got him for 4,400 passing yards, right around 30 touchdowns, and 300 rushing yards, and four touch, rushing touchdowns. So um, I'll take that on my quarterback any day. The only 
I think Dak's numbers will definitely be there. It's just are the Cowboys going to be good enough? But for fantasy, yeah. I, Dak's one of my favorites. I got you. Real quick, we didn't touch on Russell Wilson. I'm just going to oh, say yeah. right uh, now, he no can, MVP I mean, votes, always a top five quarterback. Agreed? I Yeah, I think yeah. we kind of didn't discuss Russell Wilson because everybody already knows. Like, it doesn't matter yeah. if he was playing for the Browns 10 years ago, he still would like somehow be in the MVP talks. That's just Russell Wilson. He does big dog shit. He only has so. the same stat line as Tom Brady and Aaron Rodgers. They're not elite, right? So, all no, right. No, by no means. <laughs> we'll keep moving. Especially not Aaron Rodgers. Fuck that guy. No, just kidding. Love you, Aaron Rodgers. Would love to have you on the podcast. All right. All right. So, let's keep moving. Let's go into the wide receivers. Uh, let's start off with Amari Cooper. Um, Amari Cooper is 26 years old with a 1,000 yards re- or four 1,000-yard seasons in five years. He's got a lot of upside, but he's volatile. Anyone want to take a share on this? Um, I'll just start where I have Amari Cooper. Um, I still have him as the top receiver for this team, even with, yep. you know, there's been a lot of talk between the three of these. He's my wide receiver six from a points per game standpoint. So obviously I still like him. The biggest thing with him is the inconsistencies. Yeah. Um, people know all about that, but he's going to have you some absolute weak winning weeks. There's no doubt about it. And I definitely still prefer him over Gallup and CeeDee Lamb for this season. I feel you about those inconsistencies. Four games under 25 yards, four games over 100. Wow. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's mm-hmm. hard to buy in on sometimes. Yeah, he he definitely, you know, hopped out of his show here at the Cowboys. Um, I Obviously, I think he's the best wide receiver on that team. However, I'm probably going to – I'm going to avoid drafting him just because I, I think Michael Gallup's falling – like a lot since the addition of CD Lamb. Mm-hmm. So he's kind of one of the targets I'm going after with the Cowboys just cuz I can get him for pretty cheap and he was he was like turning heads last year. He was he popping was off. Love watching him. Yeah, he was great. And now with CD Lamb, he's like he's dropping way low. I mean, I wouldn't even be surprised seeing people pick CD over him, which shouldn't, but um I do love Cooper, but where he's going, uh, there's a few players I'd I definitely pick over him. Um but I like your I like the projection of of wide receiver six. I think that's pretty accurate. Yeah, I yeah. Mean, and I, when I you were saying last year, he looked pretty good. He had on deep ball, so twenty yards plus receptions, fifteen third amongst wide receivers, yards five hundred three third amongst wide receivers, TDs second. So those are pretty interesting stats when you're thinking about deep balls, touchdowns, and fantasy points. What were you about to say, Tristan? Yeah. Oh, no, just I agree that I have him at six, and if he goes the six wide receiver off the board, he's probably not going to be on my team just because yeah. if I'm going to draft someone as the six wide receiver, I want a little bit more consistency. But yeah. if yeah. you go for that approach, he's definitely going to win you some weeks. There's no doubt about yeah. it. Yeah. Well, and there's the scenario that – that's why I'm, 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 I really am fading uh, the Dallas receivers just because there's a scenario where Dak throws up the middle fingers – um, says, pay me, I'm going to sit. And then they have to they have to play Andy Dalton. Andy and Dalton I just, is good. Like, he why is does good. hate Andy Dalton so much? I, the guy has because he's the also the same. He is so he, long. Andy Dalton is like, I saw the, there was this, this the tweet that went market. out and it was any, no, hold on. It was any quarterback above Andy Dalton was considered good and you should roster it. Anybody below Andy Dalton is unrosterable. Like he is the fucking breaking point of good 
quarterbacks in the NFL. Like the definition of mediocre, he gets the job done, but it's like so painful to watch. It's the job done. That's, um, that's, that's all I need. He gets the job done though. So he, he would get, I just, that's what I'm saying. If, if something does happen with Dak, drafting Amari where he's at could, could hurt you a little bit. Michael Gallup. Um, I, I love Michael Gallup just again, cause he's cheap. You yeah, can get him pretty price, cheap. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. I mean, he had 113 okay. targets in 14 games. That's 130 pace. And to be fair, in PPR, he finished wide receiver 22, but this year he's drafted at wide receiver 32. Yeah, that's all I'm saying. That's good. I haven't predicted Imagine... wide receiver 32, but um, how often does a guy in a second year have 1,100 yards receiving and then just is completely forgotten about? So yeah. He, he will definitely be a value come draft time, and he's like mm-hmm. an easy one to play for me, like no doubt about it. Yeah. Nope. If you're looking for a high-end wide receiver too and you're sitting in those like mid-later rounds, like in Michael Gallup sitting there, he's a for sure buy. Mm-hmm. I feel you guys there. Okay, so, so where are you guys at on Zeke this year? Are we going to skip C.D. Lamb? Oh, no, no. Yeah, go over C.D. Whatever you I guys mean, go. For me, C.D. Lamb is just the fact that you know he'll be playing a lot of slot and like yards per like reception in college, he was only second to Jamar Chase out of the slot. Not only that, but C.D. and Cooper both play inside and outside. So if you're coming in to like plan and scheme against the Cowboys, you're fucked. You're yeah, not gonna know who you're guarding where and where you're gonna have to like try and set up better cornerbacks, secondary cornerbacks, outside linebackers. I could see there being a lot of points to be had from the slot. Not only that, but there is – let me double-check this. Um, there's 130-plus targets that were left with Randall Cobb and Jason Witten leaving, even though Blake Jarwin had his receptions he had last year. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I will say, um, being from Oklahoma, I have literally watched every single C.D. Lamb game. So, like, I – I CD Lamb might be my favorite college player of all time. And I'm not, like, an OU fan. Like, I watch him, but I'm not, like, a diehard OU fan – um, he was incredible, and yeah. I think he's going to be an incredible NFL player. I have him as wide receiver 38 this year, which yeah. I think is my second highest rookie. Um, I definitely think he has a role. I think he does a little bit more than Cobb did last year, um, mm-hmm. but I still prefer Gallup to Lamb for this season, but well, Lamb's talent is undeniable, and like you said, the Cowboys just have weapons all over the freaking Agreed. Agreed. Do one of you guys have the stat on how many, uh, how many uh, targets are vacant with the departure of Cobb? I, I know there's like 100 plus, something. Like 136. Yeah, and I mean, no more Jason Witten either. That was so, a combo of the two. So I think. Okay, okay. So still, CD Lamb, I think, I think he can get, he can get a good amount of of targets here in this offense. Um, I, if I'm drafting him, it's as a handcuff, um, because I ideally I'd get Michael Gallup and CD Lamb just because CD could, CD could pop off. He's one of those elite college players that. He could get it done, but um, and especially where he's falling in drafts, he's falling usually around wide receiver 30s, 37, 38. So that's pretty good value there. I in dynasty, he's my second rookie yeah. uh, wide receiver, only because Jerry Judy to me seems like he has the chance to eclipse Cortland Sutton this year. Everyone's mm-hmm. saying that Cortland Sutton finished worse off in the season because of double coverage. All right, explain Michael Thomas then. Yeah, so, I, I like Sutton. It's not an anti-Sutton thing, but I think Judy, as soon as this year, could possibly whoa, whoa. Yeah, it's whoa, not whoa, anti-Sutton. Boys. Sutton's whoa, still a wide boys. receiver one for next draft. Podcast. Just a low-end wide receiver one. Podcast. Where, <laughs> save it. It's a good take, but save it. 
<laughs> Save it. Uh, you're right. You're right. Oh, <laughs> so CD Lamb, what else we got on CD, or, or would you guys like to move on to Freak the Zeke? No, the, the only other thing I had to say about CD Lamb is in his most recent interview, he just literally came out and said, "Yeah, I'm gonna be a Hall of Famer." Yeah, Love he's wearing number 88, like shit, son. If you wear number 88, you better be talking like that. Like, that's yeah. big shoes to fill. So. All right, the real value of this team, Zeke Elliott. Anyone? Uh, let's start with stats and projections. Where do you have him ranked out, Tristan? We, you know, we, we mentioned Russell Wilson earlier. We didn't even talk about him because you kind of just know what you get. That's how I feel about Zeke. Yeah. Um, I've got him what, running back three behind McCaffrey and Saquon. Got him for 1,300 yards, uh, about 40 catches. Seems like that's a lock for Zeke to me. So, yeah, running back three, he's a great well, pick. You know that right there, too, because I think un- without a doubt in every draft, it should go – I don't, I don't care what order you go, but it needs to be Zeke, CMC, Saquon. Those need to be the three players off the board because what you want out of, you know, drafting somebody that high is production, consistency, and it doesn't get much better than Zeke. Uh, he's been a top five running back all four seasons in the NFL. Like, Ooh. shit, dude. That... And then we're hearing things about Zeke had a down year last year. Okay, that's incredible for somebody who had, the, you know, he had 14 touchdowns, like 1,600 – if if you're drafting what? in a standard league, he's RB one. Mm-hmm. If you're, you're half PPR PPR, it's all CMC. But standard league, Zeke is RB one. Yeah, that's, that's not what a I'm down RB. Well, no, the, and the, the, I just you're you're seeing the things because he had he had less total yardage. His yards per carry went down, but so he had 250 less total yards. Yet he had five more touchdowns on 26 less touches and three less fumbles so i think it was i think he had an, a better season last year and i actually believe um he's gonna he's gonna lose i think he had around 400 receiving yards four touchdown four uh receiving touchdowns i think those are gonna go down a little bit to accommodate cd lamb um but overall i think his touchdown number is actually gonna go up and in standard leagues if he's scoring more than 14 touchdowns like 14 or touchdowns is what carries your running back in standard leagues like if you're running back and scoring touchdowns yeah ask Le'Veon bell last year like shit dude he had actually on tape a decent season but didn't score touchdowns so he was irrelevant um i actually see zeke believe it or not not 20 touchdowns but somewhere close um yeah i think two players in the league they could do it and it's him and henry so um, yeah everybody's fading henry that's a different topic (laughs) <laughs> for another week so, i'm not kidding you when it came to zeke elliott i knew i wasn't gonna have to convince you all why you should draft him there obviously is no falling to zeke elliott the only thing i did is i literally averaged out some career stats and just divided them by four so per year he has 1351 yards 292 rushes 10 tds and averages as rb 4.5 yeah, and that's including missing six games from a suspension. So his six yep. games during a suspension, he still ended up in the top ten of RBs. I know. Man. <laughs> yeah. Think about yeah, that, well, dude. That's like when LaMichael James in college missed four games due to a dislocated elbow and still led the whole entire NCAA in rushing. I don't know anyone that lives outside of Oregon knows that. Just give you guys. Oh, a you're good. I'm, <laughs> you're good. I'm just saying, if you know, if you know NCAA, there's some people who are getting the ball every single time. Just like in the NFL, CMC is going to get it every single time. You would believe it's hard to come into those contests. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, well, you talk about consistency out of him. He he failed to accumulate seventy yards just three times last year. 
I mean, he scored uh, he scored in 10 total games, including four multi-touchdown games, and he only finished outside the top 26 once. Yeah. So that's that's as much consistency as you can ask for out of picking somebody that high. So yeah, love him. Does Tony Pollard fret on Elliott? Uh, he doesn't fret on him, but he does. I think they do give him touches this year. And I think oh. that's only going to actually help Zeke because they gave Zeke this huge contract. Okay, and if they want that to pay off, they need to make sure they aren't just working the shit out of him. And they are in the perfect opportunity to do that, to pass the ball to these elite wide receivers they have, to maybe give Tony Pollard a few handoffs, you know, on early downs, early in the game. And when they get to the red zone, just fucking let Zeke cut loose. So I could see them kind of doing something more like that, which would be should be really good for Zeke. But I do like I don't Tony Pollard's not going to be fantasy relevant, but an excellent handcuff. Yeah, that's exactly how I put it too. I think Pollard plays more this year, but it doesn't hurt Zeke. It just helps the offense. Mm-hmm. I I feel you. He had almost a hundred touches last year behind Zeke, including a game with twelve attempts, one hundred thirty-one yards, ten yards per carry, and a touchdown. I think if he's on twelve other teams in this league, he's their starting running back. Yep. But mm-hmm. Scotty's got a little bit of truth to Zeke's mileage. He has more carries than Carlos Hyde. What? <laughs> Yeah, in four seasons, he eclipses Carlos Hyde's seven. Yeah, that's crazy. Okay. By almost Damn. 120 carries. Only at Fantasy Football Nation do you hear that shit. Yeah, that's, that, I mean, that's a good I, stat, that's, dude. A, that's a lot of wear and tear. And if you look at stats when it comes to RBs, usually around age 26, you're irrelevant. <laughs> Nobody wants Zeke to be irrelevant, especially not if you're a Cowboy yeah. fan who climbs out of the woodwork when your team is good, you know, five years out of the last 20, but it's all good. Like, I think Tony Pollard just adds value to Zeke's longevity. And that's exactly what the Cowboys did. Like, they didn't need to draft C.D. Lamb, but they did it for that exact reason. Just, they gave, they invested a lot of money into a position that people are starting to fade away from investing in because it hasn't been turning out. Um, if they want it to turn out, they need to keep that boy healthy, especially after what you're saying. He's he's already having some wear and tear in his four seasons in the NFL. So keep him healthy, and good things are going to happen for the the Cowboys. All right. So we're going we're gonna to hit up some Blake Jarwin talk here before we wrap up the Cowboys. Blake Jarwin needs to be talked about. They signed him to a three-year extension up worth of $25 million. Yeah. Um I like Blake Jarwin, the player, but I th- think I have him sixth on this team in targets. And let me look, because I've got Zeke at 58 targets. I've actually got Pollard at 59 targets. I, well, I've got Jarwin ahead of them, too. But point is, I think he's behind the three receivers. Yeah. And I think he kind of competes right there with Elliott and Pollard for targets. So I like the player, and I definitely think he has a role, but I don't think he's going to be able to produce enough to be a week-in, week-out guy for you in fantasy. Scotty? Um, I think – the addition of Mike McCarthy actually helps Blake Jarwin a lot. Um, he, you know, back, you look back at 2011, he had that season with Jermichael Finley, Finley. Who, 92 targets, 767 yards and eight touchdowns. God's like, buddy, I love you. That's a good season for a tight end. And I, I think you are getting good value there. Um, so I think, I, I don't know exactly if you guys know off the top of your head where he's falling in drafts. That's kind of is what it comes down to. Uh, it looks like he's, Usually around tight end 25, falling around the 10th to 14th round. Um, I don't know if I'm... tight end 9 last year? 
don't know that. And that's even more so, fuel to the fire. He was sixth month NFL tight ends in yards per target, eighth in tight ends for yards per route run. Despite having the second fewest targets in the top 10, he was ranked ninth. Yeah, and but he's Jason Witten too. Yeah, and, and they oh, did lose Jason Witten, but as weird as it sounds, I see Blake Jarwin keeping the same of the end of the year role and having Lamb pick up those targets. So I don't know if I would stat him mm-hmm. out project like beyond those last five games. Maybe that's something you should look at. But Blake Jarwin has the athletic talent to go up there and be a top ten tight end. Is does a TV like does this team have the capability to have everyone go top twenty? Is the real question, and that's hard. It almost and impossible. Maybe. So. But then it comes also fancy fantasy football is all about value and you're getting Blake Jarwin, a starting tight end on a top offense. Oh, his ADP has him at 182 around there. Um, that's that's phenomenal value for that position. So, um, yeah, I, I love taking Jarwin and in, in, uh, in drafts this year because you're not going to get him that late next year. I guarantee that. Okay. And we talked about earlier. I would say pretty much the same thing with him is if you – Pun on tight end and find yourself in a jam where just every guy you want keeps going before you can get him. I'm fine with rolling in season with Jarwin if you load it up everywhere else. Yeah, I mean, quarterbacks and tight ends, people have their strategies. A lot of people wait because everyone understands that tight ends are volatile unless you're picking in the top five, and quarterbacks are volatile unless you're picking in the top ten. And nine times out of ten, outside of those top ten picks usually end up being in the top three. So it's hard to go out and make these purchases for over-the-end prices when you could be getting other values that are for sure. And then uh, I just want to touch on before – are we about wrapped up on, on Dallas? Yes. Yeah, that's all I got. Okay. I just want to re- go over Dak Prescott one more time. All I got to say is when drafting a quarterback, it's – I understand Dak Prescott, he could win MVP this year. He finished as a top three quarterback last year. But the teams winning your leagues aren't the teams drafting quarterbacks in the first four rounds. Like I said earlier in the podcast, it's those guys that are picking up, you know, before Patrick Mahomes goes off, you get him late. Before, you know, last year I got Lamar Jackson in the 11th round, okay, which led me to a fantasy football championship. I didn't win it, but I made it there. <laughs> um, I'm just saying it. Be cautious of drafting those quarterbacks early. Um, in dynasty leagues, not the same, not the same concept. You need a quarterback, but in PPR, you know, standard redraft leagues, just be cautious of drafting these elite quarterbacks too early because you really need to stock up on those skill positions. And that's all I got. Okay, so let's go ahead and uh, wrap up the Dallas Cowboys here. Um, I think they'll still be a playoff team. I think they'll be a top five team. I think they're one of those teams that's making the transition to what it means to have an elite scoring offense, one that scores above 20 points each week. Mm -hmm. That's kind of where this NFL is tracking, so good for the Cowboys. Glad to see what they have going on, especially with a mild schedule. Do you guys think they win the division? Um, Um, No. Really? Uh, I... So I think I the like- only competition that they have really Eagles. is the Eagles. But the mm-hmm. thing that kind of sucks about that is they only see each other so many times a year. Who's going to win those matchups is what decides who wins yeah. this division. Yeah, well, I think you you were the one you were you have the um, 
the strength of schedule, and I believe the Eagles have an easier schedule, or am I wrong there? So, as of right now, the they have the 17th easiest with a, you know, a 4.77 against their competition, and the Cowboys have the 16th. <laughs> so, okay, there's so a, it's apples and oranges. Um, yeah, it's basically it's the, up the, in the breakdown the is their division isn't hard as a lot of others, especially when it comes to the Giants and the Redskins. So there's, mm. you know, those passing defenses aren't quite as elite either. Okay, so let me throw in one more little thing I have is when it comes down to deciding which of these two teams is going to have the better year. Once again, this is a weird off season. You have to take into consideration COVID nineteen. Yeah. Okay. the The Dallas Cowboys have a new head coach. Okay, they mm. still have the Kellen Moore's their offensive coordinator, who I love. I think he's a great offensive coordinator. Um, but it's a whole new head coach a whole new scheme a whole new philosophy whereas the eagles are this basically damn near the same squad and i think doug peterson is a better coach than mike mccarthy okay. so i just give the healthy eagles a slight advantage to winning the division over the cowboys slight one last question to the both of you and then we'll move on here the real question there is is it easier to figure out team timing and chemistry or is it easier to figure out a playbook i guess chemistry. um chemistry especially so, in the nfl right now the cowboys have the chemistry they're only adding more elite players the eagles are kind of restructuring their dynamic and bringing new players in so nope. it, it might be interesting to see maybe one does better later in the year you know maybe okay. after a couple of games and more plays the eagles end up a stronger team at the end of the year and maybe win that matchup but in the nope. beginning of the year i think the cowboys will start off stronger yeah. And then when, it, if it comes to, so that's like the real life question, Cowboys or Eagles, when it comes to the fantasy, who are you going to rather have Eagles players or Cowboys? I'm going to fade more Cowboys. toward Eagles because you can get a majority of them uh, quite a bit later in the drafts and you can get the, the Cowboys players. So I, I like the value a little. If it's well, not Miles Sanders, I'm, yeah, I'm off. You're not, you know, you have no interest in drafting Wentz or Rager. Oh, I guess Wentz, you caught me, but I I just called Dak for MVP. Am I, which one I am I taking? No, I love that. It's just you're taking Dak in the third, fourth round, whereas... Okay, let's go. Continue. Yeah, we keep like, going. Let's keep going. You. All right, let's move on to the Giants, <laughs> who have the seventh easiest schedule because of their division, because they go out and they don't play an exceptionally hard AFC counterparts. The Giants needs an, need an easy schedule. Not saying they're bad. They have this weird, like, sneaky rebuild that's kind of nice. But it would mm -hmm. be nice to rebuild on wins versus losses. So let's start off into the Giants. And I want to start with Daniel Jones. I will lead off the Daniel Jones topic because I have uh, one point to make for him. Um, for Dynasty, I love him. He's one of my favorite guys. Um, Mm-hmm. I think only one – yeah, Lamar Jackson was the only player last year to have more 30-point performances from the quarterback position in fantasy than Daniel Jones. So he's okay. just got that boom capability that we love. But for redraft purposes, he opens the season with Pittsburgh at Chicago and in San Francisco. I don't want anything to do with it. No, no. I, that's, that's, that's been passed around all over the place the first four games he has to play. But you're telling me out of a 16-game stretch that four games dictate where you draft? Especially, well, say, Dynasty. No. For, Dynasty. for Dynasty, I love him. But for redraft, 
I'm going to take a quarterback who I draft because I usually wait. It's going to be someone that comes out of the gate hot. And I yep. think you can probably be able to pick up Daniel Jones after week four off the waiver wire if you want him because people yeah. are going to be done when he gets off to a slow start. I agree I, with okay. you there. Or it trade for him take. for not only uh, picking him off the waiver, but like you're saying, those those four first matchups, he's going to get – he's not going to have a great a great uh, fantasy outcome. So you could literally trade him for a bologna and mayo sandwich on white bread. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So he's a good value. And he's falling pretty late in draft. So mm-hmm. – I think he's a good value there and he yeah. has not only i think the giants have one of the most improved offensive lines um in the league mm-hmm. uh through the draft they got uh andrew thomas matt pert shane lemu hashtag go ducks um all three were started offensive line prospects so that helps danny dimes out a lot in the addition of golden tate um and uh jason garrett coming into new york who is known for making the most out of his tight ends. So right, I think we'll that'd be good there. for Evan Ingram too. Quarterbacks too between uh, Romo and Dak. He, he seemed to bring quite a bit out of them. So Yeah. Yep. So Danny Dines and Gardner Minshew were both ranking, like rookies that ranked in the top 10 for passes uh, 15 yards or further downfield. Danny Dimes mm-hmm. to me has one of the better corner like touch passes over the top, which if you know what that means for tight ends – and for outside what like receivers when it comes to touchdowns in the red zone or if it comes to touchdowns on a fade route, it's the reason he had those 30-plus point games. Daniel Jones yeah. at least has the makeup to be sculpted into an NFL quarterback who will start for years to come. Yeah. yeah Only exactly. And with the Giants also, um, they have a head coaching change. They brought in Joe Judge, who uh, – I mean, he's the first special teams coach to be hired since uh, John, John Harbaugh in 2008. So that, but, but uh, for the last eight years, he played for the Pats under Bill Belichick, working his way up uh, to special teams last year where he had the number one special teams unit. And before that eight years, he spent three years with Nick Saban in Alabama. So he's been under arguably two of the best football coaches of all time. So that's, that's something there. Um, but that, that's about all I got on, on dimes and so coaching changes. So let's switch over to wide receiver here. Who's RB1 at the Giants? Wide, wide receiver one or RB1? Wide said. receiver one. Sorry, that's my bad. Um, I still think it's Sterling Shepard. I still think he steps into that number one role. I know Darius Slayton had, was hot last season, but he was also literally the only option for Danny Dimes. But healthy Sterling Shepard, I mean, he's still fantasy relevant. I don't think he's going to be – he's going to be the wide receiver that comes in and gets you those huge, you know, fantasy points. But he's going to be consistent in the offense, I believe. I'm but not, I think Slayton could challenge him at wide receiver one. I'm up for the debate. I'm not high on Sterling Shepard. For me, it goes Slayton, Tate, Shepard. Oh, mm-hmm. wow. You have – okay. That's actually how I have to um, – the well, biggest me. Shepherd is him being on the field. Yeah, I also yeah, that is true. I'm sorry, but this team kind of picked up a, like I said, a sneaky rebuild. Their momentum at the end of last season was kind of nice, and Danny Dimes had connections with players. Sterling Shepherd well, hasn't been there. I'm also gonna butt in that you asked who the wide receiver one is. I think it's Evan Ingram, but he's a tight end. But <laughs> I do believe he's the number one pass option in that in that offense by okay. far. Okay. So 
I'm only saying this because Golden Tate has played wide receiver two everywhere he's gone, and he's been an elite wide receiver two. Mm-hmm. Seahawks to Baldwin, um, Lions to Jones Jr. Now he's coming over to be wide receiver two to who? That, that That's his role. And mm-hmm. no no hate on that. Everyone who's a Golden Tate truther, everyone who watched him shove that Packer to the ground and win the NFC <laughs> Championship, go you. Aiden watched, but, Aiden watched uh, hundreds and hundreds of times you watched that play, didn't you? Of didn't course. Didn't you, buddy? <laughs> Either way, he's just, that's where he that's where he shines. Stellar RB2, yeah, so that's what, or wide receiver too. I keep saying that. But he's still. a super reliable wide receiver, which is going to be, and his veteran experience on that team is exactly what that uh, receiving room needed was some kind of veteran presence. And uh, yeah, I, I could, I, I could be done picking up Tate lane drafts. So it um, seems like we've almost covered Tate here. Do you guys want to shift to some other wide receivers? Let's start with, uh, let's start with Slayton. Yeah. We, just, say, we gave away a, a signed Darius Slayton Jersey this week. It was kind of easy to grab. We're going to be doing more giveaways each week. I just want to start there. Like, if you wanted a, like a signed Giants Darius Slayton jersey, you missed your chance. Let's get into <laughs> Darius Slayton. Yeah, I have Slayton projected as the top receiver on the team. Um, I have him projected for just over 100 targets. I think there's a real chance he can do that. Um, he's, you know, Tate and Shepard kind of do a lot of the same things. They thrive in the slot. They can play outside, but they're are better off in the slot. Slayton's the outside guy on this team, uh, no doubt about it for me. I've got him at wide receiver 28, so kind Ooh. of a flex range. Um, could be a low-end wide receiver too, but um, I do like Slayton quite a bit this year. So 28, but you had Gallup at 32? Mm-hmm. Okay. I, I, I'll just put that out there, but okay. No, yeah. Okay. Me, That's a mild hot take. I'm, I'm, hot take, hot take. Hot cakes for hot takes. <laughs> I think you got a clear path for targets and less um, – competition i think cooper and yeah. Steve lamb are more competition than tate and shepherd are you're fucking right yeah. but oh, all i, love I, it. I love and it. all i gotta say is i think you're gonna get the best value out of slayton out of all those wide receivers uh, on that team uh slayton's gonna give you your most value especially you're getting pretty late um that you know as you can tell that's always really big for me <laughs> the yeah, better yeah. The player you can get late in the draft that's what i'm going for in fantasy football big upside and not a huge uh, you know, not not a big risk taking him where he's at. So I I, I love Slayton for this team. Uh, I'm just also scared of the Giants passing game in general. I love Danny Dimes though. There, Caden and I we, we were sitting there on the couch a couple times last year watching games, and we're looking over like, what did he just do? <laughs> Danny Dimes, watch the birth of, of you him. You can ask Scott. Cool. I called Danny Dimes off the bat yep. because he was playing with Duke, but consistent. Oh, Duke mm-hmm. is nasty. So. Just if, if you're, yeah, you're going to be perfect. good with Duke, you're going to be good with most people. Yeah, he's like he's literally just the younger Eli Manning. All right, let's wrap up Darius Slayton and these wide receivers. Um, and who are we moving on to? Hold on. So Darius Slayton, seven TDs receptions, led the rookies. Um, if you want to look at his percent share for fancy points on his like team, um, he had twenty eight point four. Um, if you want an example, like Robert Woods was like above around 7%. So that, that just speaks to the fact that Darius Slayton at the end of the year, there was almost maybe one of their only options for receptions, fancy points and touchdowns. Mm -hmm. 
kind of hard to beat that. Obviously, some other people will be back next year. Take some of that share. Bet on it. Um, Sterling Shepard. I think he has fantasy value, but as a low-end wide receiver too, nothing higher than that. Maybe around the price. So, yeah. Same as I said with Jalen Rager, I don't think he's on the roster as wide receiver one, but he does finish as wide receiver one on that team. Okay, so. I can see that he he has to earn it. This is kind of honestly is his year if he can stay healthy. Sterling Shepard, like we're here for comebacks trust me so hopefully that's you um i mean we can get on to you know the guy who's kind of fairing you might want to take him but saquon barkley the number one overall pick in the 2020 draft for me you got saquon ahead of cmc i'm not I, I i'm not so scotty's got this thing against paying running backs too much money it's a curse <laughs> I, same thing as like the madden curse which Patrick Mahomes obviously fucking destroyed that, but um, it's not so much that I'm against them paying CMC. It's as much as the the Panthers. I'll try and cap on this briefly so we don't get into Carolina too much. But the Carolina's passing game, their quarterback, everything kind of got better on that team. Um, so I think CMC is still going to have a f- phenomenal year. And even drafting him above Barkley, I'm not even going to. It's like so 50-50 between those two. But with Saquon, so Saquon's done it without a good offensive line. He's done it without a good quarterback. He's done it without a good team, a good coach. Now he has kind of all four of those things. The, the Giants are kind of slowly coming together. Um, and if he's healthy, dude, I mean, they got those three new additions to the offensive line. I think he's going to – I think he's really going to eat this year, which he – done every year like i'm saying on a bad giants team and i like the giants this year i like what they did this offseason and i think that doesn't i think that um that works in saquon's favor more than anybody else on that team i i love him this year yeah so. I do. I do. he's my clear cut running back too but. what do you have him uh statted at that's a big one for me i've got him for 240 carries for just over 1100 yards 105 targets for 70 catches almost 600 yards and 12 total touchdowns okay yeah no that that's fantasy fucking relevant so oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. no that, that that's what i want to hear um i mean mm-hmm. saquon finished as rb 14 in 2018 that's standard i'm just looking at you know rough numbers here i think that the reason his adp is so high is the addition of jason garrett if you look at Jason Garrett's Ezekiel Elliott run-based offense, there's 300 shares going to someone. Those 300 shares are all Saquon Barkley. If you can mm-hmm. try and sh- sell me on whoever's getting another bite at 300 shares on that team, you're wrong, and he's going to fucking eat. They bolstered yep. a line, and Andrew Thomas is one of the more athletic people who mauls versus you know moves so they're just creating holes yeah i got something to add on to that i mean pat schumer with the giants he averaged uh passing the ball 64 percent of the time with the giants whereas jason garrett with the giant or with the uh the cowboys the first time he went over 62 percent Passing passing rate in the offense, he got fired. Which I know he was he was already at the end of his rope, 
but he averaged uh, just throwing the ball 50, it was like 56, 58, 60% in that area, in that range. So he's going to, they're going to run the ball a lot more than they have the last few seasons with Barkley. Mm-hmm. So I agree. The reason Barkley is so high is the fact that his workload just got Barkley. a hell of a lot more. Yeah. When it comes down to hit, so Saquon, Zeke, and CMC are generational talents in the nfl like those are the three guys that i mean at this point we already know if as long as things work out for them they're first ballot hall of famers mm-hmm. um so it's like drafting them you, you don't go wrong that's what i'm saying i said earlier in the podcast if you take i don't care what order you take zeke saquon cmc in i'm preferring right. it goes to Quan, cmc and zeke and if you're taking cmc over saquon there's absolutely nothing i can say to that because it's i, I think you're 50 50 there I understand. I agree. Let's switch over to Evan Ingram. Evan Ingram, two years ago, was a burst star. Last year, he battled some injuries. Um, He's still definitely dynasty relevant and Jason Garrett relevant. I know Scotty's hot-headed to get into this one. Scotty, what do you got? Um, God damn it. I I invested early in Ingram last year. Uh, It didn't. It paid off in the beginning, like I should have traded him in the beginning if I would have known that he was going to only play eight games. Uh, He was on pace for a thousand yards and eight touchdowns though. Um, And then, you know, now Jason Garrett's coming in and he's known for getting the best out of his tight ends. And I, once again, I think Ingram is the number one passing option on that team. Uh, He's one of the most physically talented tight ends in the league. Like the dude is a freak of nature athletically. Um, he averaged 11.2 PPR fantasy points a game with Danny Dimes. Um, so that's already, you know, if he plays a full 16 season, you're looking at getting at least 10 points a game with him. And that's that's what you want out of a tight end, that, that uh, you know, consistency. Uh, he's fallen uh, – he's still going up pretty early in drafts. And, like, at this point, it's I know he's – a phenomenal talent, but it's what's his injury looking like? Is he going to be, you know, his same old self? Um, that, that's kind of where it's at with me. I'm, I'm at 50-50 on drafting him. What do you have him statted out? I have him. I'll pull it up. I just had it up. Um, I have him with just over 50 catches and 600 yards, strictly based mm-hmm. on the fact that I don't expect him to play a full season. On a per-game basis, yep. I have him easily as a top-10 tight end. But I think if you go into the season with Evan Ingram as your guy, you need to have a backup plan ready to yep. roll like a Darwin type because we haven't seen him be able to play all these games yet. And well, you know, and that's the thing is he's got to be on the field. Yeah. And who's tied in too there, right? Yeah. No. Yeah. Idea. Nobody. So yeah, during the draft there was those rumors of Ingram getting he was being shocked, like they were willing to trade him, and that was pretty big. But then all of a sudden they turn around and they pick up his fifth year option which puts him on their team through 2021 so i think they're fully invested in ingram and if if he is healthy especially with that improved offensive line i think the offense as a whole is improved significantly i think he could be he could jump right off uh where he started in the first half of last season and if he does you're gonna you're gonna really love that pick so so evan ingram started off his career in 2017 very strong you know, almost Very 750 strong. yards, six touchdowns, but his catch rate was close to 50%. Since then, it's only gone up. And not only that, but he has never had below 10 yards per reception. 
He's had at least three touchdowns. I know there's been injuries. When you have above 500 yards every year, you have above or close to 11 yards per reception, and now your catch rate's at 70.3. You just got to stay on the field. Mm -hmm. So he also, it's crazy it sounds, you might not ever bet, but he has four rushing touchdowns. He's a versatile player. I mean, if you're in a Jason Garrett offense, you might think that maybe they could run some stack to O or some two tight end, some hog plays. Hopefully Evan Ingram's injury, you know, free because that means some points. He's a bet pick, but if he pays off, I guarantee it's within a top 10 tight end range. Yeah, he's fallen as um tight end six so if you are going to draft him you got to take him kind of early it's one of those gambles you're hoping that he stays healthy this year when you do pick him up because you got to pay pay a pretty good price for him yep I agree. but it also could pay off yeah so we'll wrap up the giants and we'll switch to our last point here they might be the least of all the topics they're high for me the redskins love the redskins this year dude i'm I'm mildly high on them for a fantasy point, not as a win-loss ratio point, yeah. if yep. that makes sense to everyone here. If if you don't mind me taking the, Take the point, stick on this one to start it off. Scotty Point um, I just want to start off. I just, exactly, dude. Point God right here. Here we go. They're coaches. The coaching staff for the Redskins is one of the most improved uh, coaching uh, teams in, in the NFL. I mean, they got – they got um, Ron Rivera as their head coach. He's one of the you know highest respected head coaches in the NFL. They got Jack Del Rio as their defensive coordinator, which is huge. Um, he's a great defensive coordinator. He might not have been the best head coach, but he is a phenomenal defensive coordinator. And on top of all that, they bring in Scott Turner, son of legendary head coach North Turner, as their offensive coordinator. Um, let's just go off of his his kind of rap sheet in the NFL. He was the offensive quality control coach for the Panthers in 2011 with Ron Rivera. That was the year Newton won Rookie of the Year. So he's shown that he can you know he can work with quarterbacks. And then uh, a couple years after that, he was the receivers coach in 2013 with the Browns, when Josh Gordon had 1,646 yards, nine touchdowns on 18.9 yards per catch. The good old okay. Days. Yep. Okay. And then year after or two years after that, he's the, the Minnesota Minnesota Vikings quarterback coach in 2015 when Teddy Bridgewater had one of the best Viking rookie quarterback seasons ever. He had a 64.6% completion rate, which is the third best ever for the Vikings, and the seventh best passer rating by a rookie quarterback in NFL history with 85.2. Year after that, the Vikings bring in washed up, beat down, broken Sam Bradford, who goes for 3,877 yards, 20 touchdowns, five INTs on 71.6% completion rate. Basically, Scott Turner, everywhere he goes, he gets the best out of his best players. And I think that is awesome for not only Dwayne Haskins, but Terry motherfucking Scary McLaurin. So I, I love the Redskins this year. I wasn't high on Dwayne Haskins at all. Their wide receiver. Have you seen him? Hold on. Their okay, wide sorry. receiver crew is a bunch of yard Ooh. dogs besides Scary Terry. 
but they're all starting to add the pieces up and this young crew that's averaging the Mm -hmm. age of 24 is climbing my board dwayne haskins looked like he lost a half of dwayne haskins yeah Yeah, he looks Like, I'm not kidding you, dude. The man looks like he's freaking 40 pounds down. Like, he somehow he got darker, and now looks he's good. throwing a 50-yard ball on the dimes to Sims Jr. The guy looks like he's been working hard. He has been. And not only that, but his chemistry with uh, Sims Jr. and Terry McLaurin towards the end of last year for a three-game stretch when they finished was pretty elite. So mm-hmm. Terry McLaurin, if you want to check me, had above 50 yards in all of those games and a touchdown. Oh, uh, I mean, so we can go, we can go all day on Terry McLaurin. I, I, I just want to touch on Dwayne when you were talking about quarterbacks, but we'll go into the wide receiver corp here. Well, um, well, just hold on before we do that. Just once again, reiterate that Dwayne Haskins, I think he's going to have a great, he's going to have a, a phenomenal year. I mean, just with that coaching staff and what I went off on with Scott Turner, I mean, what you see, look what he did with rookie Teddy Bridgewater. Look what he did with fucking Sam Bradford, dude. He, he does it. And I think that's excellent because Dwayne Haskins coming out of college, he threw, he threw 50 touchdowns his last year at Ohio state. Like that's, that's a lot. Okay. And then what, what, who was the analyst during the draft who, straight up walked out of the show because Dwayne Haskins hadn't gone in the first round yet. You guys remember that? No. That old ass dude like threw a fit. He's like, I can't believe Haskins isn't gone. I'm out of here. <laughs> well, did you see Haskins at the combine? Go on ahead and look up a picture. The guy could be a like poster child for hostess. He came in <laughs> he <did>. fucking fluffy. <laughs> so no, he looked like he looked last year. He looked like the guy that ate this year's Dwayne Haskins. You know what I mean? I, I agree. Like, right now he is diesel. He is cut. So yeah. do you have him? Do you have him statted out? Do you have him statted out over there? Oh yeah. Sorry. Um, <laughs> you did. Yeah. Haskins for just a little bit over 3,600 yards and I've got him for 24 touchdowns. So not a big year, but How, do you have, do you have any INTs to that? Huh? Do you have any INTs to that? Or you just got yards and TDs? I've got him with 15, he did have a, but um, 15. It's still a big improvement from where he was last year. I think he has a chance to build off of and be a better player, better than his stats are going to show. Yeah. Um, I think his yeah. team is going to improve like you guys do. Oh, once again, I I don't think their win loss will show a lot of the growth that they have. I think that there'll be probably five players on this team, including defense, who will show the fact that this team's got legs to run for years. So Oh yeah. The defense is stacked. But I just want to go on on Dwayne Haskins. Last year his biggest problem was holding on to the football. He had especially there at the end of the season, he fumbled it a handful of times. He threw a bunch of picks. But a lot of that was he was struggling to move around in the pocket. And you could tell he looked, he just looked kind of stiff. What you see a lot of times in rookie quarterbacks, he looks stiff. He had trouble escaping the pocket. And I think now he's dropped some of that weight and he's he's in better shape. I think he's going to have a little bit easier of a time, you know, moving around that pocket. Your uh, projections, I think, are pretty accurate. I would hope if you are going to pick him up late in drafts, you hope that that touchdown to interception ratio is a little, there's a little more of a gap, but he did show that last season. He is a little clumsy with the football, but throwing to probably five receivers, none of them over the age of 25, 26, there'll be yeah. mistakes. It's going to happen. That's what we're talking about. That win loss, those deciding yeah. factors in games, but you can tell this team 
they brought in this it's a defensive minded team i mean ron rivera and jack del rio are both defensive coaches so i think they brought in north turner or not north turner scott turner to kind of aid the offense as best as he could he could but you can tell in the draft the redskins really went after getting a, a badass defense which they're close to having so i think this year their focus was defense but like Caden was saying, the, just their coaches in general love what the Redskins are doing. I just don't think this year they're going to have – they're not going to have many uh, uh, fantasy you. options. All right, we're going to wrap up the quarterback here, and we're going to keep moving so that we keep on time. Um, we've got the wide receivers next. Let's start mm-hmm. off with Scary Terry. Scary Terry is freaking high on my board at me. Dog. <laughs> well, that's what's great is he's not – that high on ADPs, which he should be. I'm like wide receiver twenty sticks. Third or fourth yeah. round. Yeah. Um, yeah. You being a guy who likes value, this team's got value in the players that are going to be um, worth mm-hmm. at. Because I've got McLaurin going as, or he is my wide receiver twenty-one. I've got him yep. with just over a thousand yards, seven touchdowns, um, hundred twenty targets. I think he's going to be money. He's going to be a great wide receiver two to get. Um, mm-hmm. At an easy price too. So he's he's kind of like we talked about Robert Woods earlier. Terry McLaurin's gonna be in the same situation. I just think yep. he's wide receiver two with wide receiver one upside, and that just means more absolutely. points at its ADP. So, yep, absolutely. Well, he so he made it very clear last year he isn't afraid to put his goddamn life on the line to bring football down. Mm-hmm. I mean, that it doesn't matter who's guarding him, it doesn't matter how sloppy of a throw it is. If he can get his hands on it and he can get 10 toes inbounds, he's moving the chains for you. And that's the kind of intangibles you're looking for in a wide receiver that's about to jump into a massive uh, workload. He's going to get a huge share of those targets. Sure, I know he's he is actually going to be 25 at the end of September, but if you ask me, that's the prime age at wide receiver. And then let's just go look at some of his, his, uh, his stats here. I mean, he ranked first among all wide receivers in percentage of team yards and touchdowns. He, he led the, the wide receiver class in percent of team targets and total air yards. PFF has him ranked as the second highest graded rookie wide receiver of the decade behind only OBJ and ahead of Michael Thomas and Mike Evans. Okay. Ron Rivera is quoted this offseason saying he's a guy that's on the verge of stardom. You know, if their head coach believes that, I'm believing that too. And for somebody that you can get around the – between the fourth and sixth round, I think I love Terry McLaurin this year. Yes, I love it. Yeah, so Terry McLaurin is 89th percentile versus man, 93rd percentile versus press. So basically, if anyone's thinking they can come in here and out defense, Terry McLaurin's going to eat. So I'm pretty excited about that at least. And mm-hmm. I have Terry McLaurin exceptionally high because of the chemistry. The last like three games, it came down to him and Haskins. Touchdowns in mm-hmm. all three when he struggled a little bit after the Case Keenum switch means success to me. Mm-hmm. The only thing you can yep. do right now looking forward is looking at what the transitions were at the end of last year. And Terry McLaurin shines. Mm-hmm. Just to go on what you said, those last three games, McLaurin with Haskins, he had – he was averaging seven targets a game and he was averaging almost 16 points a game in those games with Haskins. So he really, they figured it out towards the end of the year. Yeah. And if they're only getting better, I mean, they added a plenty of offensive weapons. We'll get there (laughs) for me. Scary Terry third round on is a buy for me. 
I just see him having a top 15 season, and I think that his ADP is low and that those purchases mean a lot of points. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, yeah. Great value, great value. So, um, Let's go on. Can anyone name who wide receiver two is for the Redskins? Sims. That's Sims easy. I mean, he took on like 50% of the target share last, you know, those last handful of games. So obviously uh, Haskins leaned on Sims pretty hard and he, he produced actually, he, he actually gave some value to people late in uh, the season, especially picking him up off the waiver. He was a nobody. Um, he, I think he's easily wide receiver two there just because of that production he had last year. We're talking about chemistry into the year. I think he really started popping off between it was just Sims and McLaurin. He's just dumping it off to both of them and both are putting up numbers. So in Sims, you're going to get not, if not only just late in drafts, completely undrafted. So if yep. you are drafting Terry McLaurin, you have to handcuff him with Sims, or else that's just a, a vacant spot on your team if something happens to Terry. I... Yeah, last games, um, Sims with Haskins, we just talked about the last three of McLaurin. Well, last four for Sims, he had 36 total targets. That's nine a game, and he was averaging 14.3 half PPR points a game. So yep. there's nothing wrong with that at all for a guy that you're getting no. for. He, he's kind of old, yeah. isn't he? He's been in the he's been in the league for a few years, hasn't he? He's not. I think, I think he's a rookie last year. Yeah. Was he a rookie last year? Yeah. Okay. So. All right. My bad. No. I so. Else. I mean, I wasn't. What a fantasy high analyst on, I am. I wasn't <laughs> high on Sims, and then I saw this video. What was it today? Yesterday, and it's him and Haskins working out, and Haskins drops like a forty-yard dime to Sims. It looks like they grew up together throwing football in the backyard. It was pretty freaking impressive. So if you guys are going to be working the offseason when some other people can't, some OTAs are canceled, I, I mean, to me, I think that wide receiver connection and timing with your quarterback is the biggest difference in points. That Those are the people who get those 10-yard ins, those curls, all of those timing routes – their money all right you want to move into the disaster of the running back room i mean does anybody <laughs> want to cover does gandy golden or antonio gibson uh, have more fantasy relevancy this year i don't think they have any it's just because of it gets down to it that offense is still it's so me there there isn't enough there there's not going to mm-hmm. be enough production through that offense for those two to be craftable i'm mean, we could we could be wrong a galladay could uh you know pop off but i i just don't see it happening this this offense i love them i love them for the future i love a lot of these players for dynasty but as far as this year there's only a hand there's only a handful of players that i'm interested in drafting there's only one person i might try and take there and that'd be gibson just because he has the interest in playing right wide receiver slot running back all through those positions he could end up seeing just more touches yeah, I've got him with 28 receptions on the year, which is a role in the offense, but it's not a fantasy relevant role. So agreed. Um, I'm with. I don't wouldn't mess with either of those guys in redraft. And RB one is. Fuck. I mean, it guys. It, it should be guys. I think it will be guys because he's. To be honest, he's one of the most physically gifted running backs in the league. I really do believe that. Ever since he's been you know, got into the league. I've loved his physical presence. Dude fucking runs people over. He runs around people. He's a great, you know, pass catcher, but he's only played 48 snaps in the NFL. Mm -hmm. And he's falling 
he's going way too early in drafts for me to me to risk picking him up. I, I'd much rather have Adrian Peterson just because he's damn near going undrafted and he's still continuing to do work for that team. You know, they're still letting him run. Um, but realistically, I'm probably not going to draft AP. I'm probably going to skip on Guise just because his, his ADP is too high. But for Dynasty, I am I am a little bit higher on Guise. I think you should go after him. But I, I just uh, – there's no offensive line. It's just a, a whole room full of – of running backs, I think Ron Rivera is just going to throw all of his running backs in a pot and stir it and see who floats to the top. And it's, it's kind of a wild card there. I agree. Um, I think that the loss of Thompson kind of means a little bit of something for those two. One of them has mm-hmm. to be fantasy relevant. Like one of Do them. Do they have to though? Yeah. Who like if so if Guise is healthy and he's on the field, I guarantee he's RB one with the share. Yep. But if but but if he's not, then AP's like secondary help is Gibson, who's gonna play all over the field. Yeah. Well, and Peyton Barber, who somehow is still on an NFL roster, but nonetheless, Peyton Barber's a joke, irrelevant to this conversation. I know he is irrelevant, <laughs> but he's somehow going to get some touches in that offense. I would gonna, hope not. It's going to – he will. I, I hope not, too. I Like I said, I love the coaching staff here, so I hope they're smart enough to know, wow, this dude's fucking trash. But they also did pay him to come join their team. So um, I there is fantasy value there with those running backs, but I'm not going to draft them just because there is no consistent fantasy value. And you have to pay a high price to get Guise, who has only played – I'll say it one more time – 48 NFL snaps. Yeah, okay, that's you're taking gross. him. Where is he falling in drafts? Fourth um, to sixth round. Yeah. yeah. Oh, no. Sorry. Yeah, he's going around players like Gronk, Tyler Boyd, Michael Gallup. Nah, pass, 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 pass. Yeah, um, yeah. <laughs> you ready for this? How appealing <laughs> is the handcuff of Gweiss with Adrian Peterson? I do like that. Um, if, if you, but again, it's if Gweiss is falling like i'm not picking guys anywhere above the i'm not taking him before round eight i'm eight? not there's you, just too, late yeah, six round you're not taking guys if you could potentially no, handcuff I, him like i said i like him in dynasty but it comes down to he, he hasn't played in the nfl hardly at all he's the most in, one of the most injury plagued but when he has players right now when he does he's phenomenal okay but that's what i'm saying is it comes down to the value there. And that's what I was saying. When I get to round, I'm waiting until after round six to start taking my shots. Round one through six, I want to get my most consistent, my most reliable players that I know are going to kind of carry my team. And then after round six, I'm going to start throwing shots, like gambling. And if I can get guys, I mean. You know how much I love my IR players. <laughs> I'm here to draft mainly guys who get injured through the whole slash mid-season some real guys who just come and blow out my knees and my whole fancy team. That's why I'm scared of running a dynasty league with you. Let me just tell a little story from the past. Last offseason, Caden said his exact words, I'm only going to get players on my team that are over 255 pounds and have never been injured in their life. And all he picks is injured players. And Tyreek Hill is coming off breaking a two-year-old's arm. So he just went all in on risk. Tyreek um, Hill, David but, Johnson. Pew, pew, damn. 
and tried to trade him for Matt Breida. And, and, okay, okay, so let's, just, let's keep going. I don't want to start talking shit to Caden about fantasy football. This is going to get violent. Uh, I'm just going to cap off on I'm fading uh, the, the running back by committee right. we have here in Washington. Yeah, I'm fading, guys. Uh, draft price as well. Any uh, tight ends? Anyone, you know, I think Jordan Reed's a free agent. Yeah, I think no, I think he got a he got a concussion this weekend from laying down too hard in bed. So <laughs> I I'm just gonna I don't know if he's gonna be on a roster. Okay, guys. But who is the tight end in Washington, if you don't mind me asking? I'll look Jeremy's, it up right now. He's not gonna have much of a role. So I'm really glad Vernon Davis is still there. Holy shit. Right. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> And Jeremy Sprinkle, yeah. They have Jerome Cunningham, never heard the name, not going to include him. Pretty sure he was drafted the same year as fucking Mike Ditka, but it could be wrong. (laughs) (laughs) All right, well, it was fun, you guys. Draft Deluxe came on. Hit him up on Twitter. You want to give him your information? Uh, Yeah, it's at Twitter, just at Draft Deluxe. That's pretty much, I got draftdeluxe.com. I try to post at least an article a week. Um yeah, uh, it's been fun with you guys, man. I appreciate you guys having me on. Yeah, we like Draft Deluxe, you guys. If you're not looking for just rankings, if you're not looking for people who are just giving advice, if you want win-loss, divisional breakdowns, projections, he's got them all posted, and they're up to date. I can guarantee that. So yes, we're going to wrap up our NFC East and our NFC West. We're really glad for anyone who joined and listened with us. I'm glad that you're here. All right, Caden, signing off. Yep, Scott, signing off. Thanks for having me. It was a pleasure doing this podcast with you, Tristan. Can't wait to have you on again. By far, one of my favorite podcasts so far. Love it. Five beers in, too. So, perfect night. (laughs) A full pint of Hennessy in. Let's go. All right. Fantasy Football Nation. This ain't no place for no hate.